Folks, before we get to the show, wanted to let you know, in case you're not in the know, about The Handlebar. That's a craft beer bar and restaurant right here in Chico, California. They have a happy hour seven days a week from 2 to 6 p.m. Johnny Summers, tell the fine folks the perks. You're going to get $1 off any of their 28 selections of draft beer. You're going to get half-off bottles of wine. You're also going to get access, unfettered even, to their full menu of delicious food. Newly remodeled patio. If it's chilly outside, don't worry. They've got heaters. It's a great place to hang out. They endorse us. You should endorse them. Let's all endorse each other. Again, that's the Handlebar, 2070 East 20th Street. Why don't we begin? This is Fresh Hop Cinema. Folks, welcome to Fresh Hop Cinema. This is a craft beer and movie podcast and radio show based in Chico, California, and I'm Max Minardi. And I'm Johnny Summers. This week on the show, hello, Johnny, our review of Black Panther Wakanda Forever, the follow-up to, of course, Black Panther from 2018. If you haven't seen it yet, fear not. You can use our upcoming spoiler-free discussion to decide whether or not you even want to. But first... Johnny, what are we drinking this week? So we're doing two beers from Lead Dog Brewing out of Sparks, Nevada. The first is Mai Tai Tropical Sour Ale, and the second is called Intergalactic. It is a hazy double IPA. Very exciting. If you're listening on KZFR 90.1 FM, we hope you're having a terrific Thursday evening. As a quick heads up, you're only going to be hearing the first 30 minutes of our show, which includes our first beer review and the spoiler-free portion of our discussion of Wakanda Forever. But... If you are so inclined to listen to the show in its entirety, which includes spoilers for Wakanda Forever, a second beer review, and the always titillating segment dubbed Hot and Bothered, Johnny will tell you where to go. Go search for Fresh Hop Cinema Podcast on Spotify, SoundCloud, Stitcher, Apple Podcasts. We release new episodes every Friday morning at 7 a.m. and have been doing so fairly regularly since 2016. Mm -hmm. Uh, If you like the show, go leave us a five-star rating and or review on Apple Podcasts. Let us know that you did. You'll get a prize. And to hang out with us on social media, search for Fresh Hop Cinema on Twitter, Instagram, Letterboxd, or Untapped, or just head over to the best website in the world, freshhopcinema.com. One of the perks of doing what I do on this show, um, which is very behind the scenes most of the time, is that I don't really have to think about money almost ever. I kind of sit here and I make notes sometimes, though Johnny did that today. And I get to go spend the money. And Johnny spends the money. And and that money that I'm getting at comes a lot of it from Patreon, um, which is a way to support our show. If you're a listener and you really like what we do and you want to be a part of it, you can give us a dollar per episode or three or five or 10 or whatever your heart desires. And you can help us put that money back in towards uh, buying beers for the show, putting on events. Um, going a to lot the of movies. It, going to the movies, of it's course. Very yeah. important. Um, a lot of the movie comes, a lot of that movie, a lot of that money comes back to you. Um, so if you want to be a little bit more involved, Patreon is a great way to do it. You just go to patreon.com slash fresh hop cinema. Um, we Johnny, just did a bonus content episode. We just did, and it went pretty well considering uh, considering that we could have both died. We basically reached into Max's beer fridge blindfolded yep. and pulled out a beer with dust on it. Do you know how many Four Locos are in that fridge that we could have grabbed? At least three, because <laughs> I bought three and they're still here. Yeah. yeah. Um, I still want to know what the America one tastes like. Dude, I almost like I almost pushed forward. I was like, should we just try it? Like, what, <laughs> what, what could that possibly be? Like, what's the worst that could happen? Yeah, and then we would, would have been having a very different episode now, but I love those episodes. Fun either way. Um, maybe for like April Fools, we just review two four locos, but like in earnest, yeah. like really treat That'd be it. Funny shit. I think so too, man. Um, that's the kind of stuff that uh, Patreon inspires. We like doing a little bit more off the rails, a little bit less kind of the kind of polished, sort of less format heavy um, bonus episodes. And yeah, like I said, events and 
uh, could be private events at Johnny's house or, or, or my house maybe, or bar hangs or movie nights or whatever, uh, whatever we decide we want to do, there will be another event in December. So if that sounds good to you, you can join on patreon.com slash fresh hop cinema. All that said, our housekeeping is now out of the way. So Johnny Summers, uh, if you would tell me a little bit about this brewery lead dog. Born and bred in Reno, Nevada, Lead Dog Brewing Company was founded in 2016 on the belief that if you're not leading the pack, the view never changes. You're looking at dog butts. Uh, a little rebellious, sometimes Johnny outrageous. added that quote. <laughs> a little rebellious, sometimes outrageous, and always independent, Lead Dog has built its reputation around a culture of bold new releases, brewing creative, adventurous, and risky even libations for those wild-hearted spirits dedicated to the quality of experience. Lead Dog's award-winning beers are the result of a tireless effort to delight and inspire, seeking bold new expressions in craft brewing for those tail waggers amongst the pack who tire of the view from the porch. The world is large. Lead, don't follow. So Johnny said, beer number one is called Mai Tai, not to be confused with the Alvarado Street Brewing uh, beer Mai Tai, which is a West Coast IPA, I think. Yep. This is a tropical sour ale. It's 5.8% with a 14 IBU rating. Um, we'll talk about the can in a minute. It is a can, right? I don't even it is see it. It's like behind my screen. Uh, we can talk about the artwork in a minute here. But they say this, reminiscent of the classic tiki cocktail, this fruity sour is wild and free. And only kind of dangerous. Yeah. Um, let's talk can art. It's lovely. There's a, I guess, shout out as an order first for Kylie Sky Souza, who's done this lovely, uh, let's start with the color. I guess it's a, it's a pinkish can, almost salmon. Kind of a mauve. Maybe. Um, there's a tiger and a, uh, <laughs> a two, uh, almost a toucan, but like a toucan beak and a sparrow body. Sparrow almost? body. Yeah. yeah. Uh, the nose seems wrong on this guy, but artistic freedom. Um, and they're kind of like pawing at each other and cawing at each other. And there's some plants around. It looks really nice. It's very pastel looking. Um, the orange is not quite pastel looking, but the rest of it fits really well. And I just wanted to point it out because the artist is mentioned on the can, which I think is a pretty cool thing. Mm -hmm. You've tried it. I have. What were you expecting and what did you find, sir? Uh, well, you know, you read Mai Tai, you expect that's what they're going for. How familiar are you with the Mai Tai cocktail? Let me tell you a quick story. One time I was supposed to go to Hawaii. This was about a year ago, maybe two years ago. I remember. I know, and I got to the airport, um, but I I didn't have, like, I got my COVID test from a lab, and the results didn't show up in time to get on the plane. So I drove to the airport in Sacramento, by the way, so it's like an hour and a half. Couldn't get onto the plane, had a beer at the airport, and then went home immediately because of Hawaii, bought all of, because it felt tropical, uh, got all the ingredients for a Mai Tai, and I sat in my driveway in a wheelbarrow full of water and drank Mai Tais. So I'm very familiar with a strong self-made Mai Tai. All right. So Heavy I'm on the not dark sure. rum. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. Splash of orange carousel. And then the orgiat on top. Yep. A uh, lot of almond. Mm -hmm. Almond, depending yeah. on where you're from. How, how about you? Very familiar. Drank okay. a lot of them when I was in Hawaii. Your story is shorter. Yeah. And yeah. better. <laughs> I, I, I was on the beach in uh, Kona, Hawaii. And where are you? Enjoying okay. Mai Tais. Good. It's delightful watching the sunset with mm -hmm. some, some fresh fruit mm -hmm. rimming my All glass. Right. All right. <clears throat> All that to say, uh, I was expecting a lot of orange because, I mean, that's what you're looking for. You want some of that almondy sweetness, like you said. Uh, but I was primarily focused to see what they were going to do with those orange notes. And so on the nose, of it smells immediately identifiable as a kettle sour. There's yep. no mistaking it's it. It's that weird tangy sourness. That tangy. Not weird, but, you know. Almost... Popcorny, like to me, kettle sours always have like just the faintest note of diacetyl, just a little baby splash. Are um, you sure you're not associating the word kettle sour with the term kettle corn? Yes. 
You're sure you're not? I'm positive. Okay, great. Because I, I do that a little bit. No, I've noticed it in some more than others. Like when the the methodology of brewing kettle sours was first, mm-hmm. um, you know, you know, propagated yeah. into the world, you know, the guy that invented it didn't trademark any of the processes. So everyone in the brewing industry could use it. Mm, that's cool. Yeah. That's a homie like move. A, like a free use. Like I figured out a cool way to do this. Everybody do it. Sure. Um, but they've all got a very unique aroma. They're pretty identifiable. Uh so my expectations after smelling that, I'm hoping it's not too much on that flavor of that little buttery little, mm-hmm. like I'm hoping the fruits come through. I get the first notes I got were a ton of pineapple and a ton of like yep. passion fruit. Yes. Orange was very far from my mind throughout the whole equation. Uh, only if you like really consciously think of Mai Tais and think of orange juice or or and like orange curacao, yeah. like you have to like really look for it. So I would not have guessed just sight unseen that this was supposed to be a Mai Tai. There's, there's no almond taste. There's, no, there's none of that no. sort of orgiat syrup thing going, by the way, um, the guy, I feel like he deserves a shout out is Otto Frank. It's probably Frankie, but it's spelled F R A N C K E. Um, you know, when kettle souring was invented, that was a while ago. It was a while ago. Do you have any idea when? 19. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. It's a pretty safe bet so far. Like 70? 1906, my Whoa. dude. Yeah, it started with Berliner Weisses. Um, wow. Well, I, you know, kind of as a response to that, because kettle souring happens quickly is, yeah. is the shortest way to say this mm-hmm. appropriately. Um, anyways, yeah. So that's that's him. But I agree with you. There's, there's you know, it's not screaming Mai Tai to me. I, which, once we get that out of the way, we can talk about whether or not we like this beer and if it's good. But I, I will say pretty objectively, this doesn't taste like what they are claiming it's supposed to taste like no. for me. And we've had, had long talks about, you know, a beer can be really great, fantastic even, but if it's totally. not as advertised, does it still, uh, Yeah, you know what I'm saying? I, I know what you're saying. And for me, that's a huge factor. I know. It's, it's, it's a bait and switch. It's false advertisement. You give me what you tell me you're giving me. Yes. Or it's even worse than false advertising. It's, 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 it's untrue, unintentionally not true. False advertising. I would make the case like a, certain movies might set you up for different expectations and then bait and switch you in a way that is very intentional. I don't think they're trying to get us to drink a watered down Mai Tai as a way of like, you know, being smart about something. I think that's just missing the mark. You said that and I'm like, yep, Mai Tai with the ice Yeah, melted. it's a little watered down Mai Tai with, without maybe maybe they didn't find this, this. The Orgeat syrup is hard to find. They should have called this Mai Tai second drink. That would have been great. Yes. Uh, but it, they didn't. No. And so we're drinking something that's claiming to be a Mai Tai inspired beer. Okay. So that's going to factor into my review. It may or may not yours. Other than that, on the merits of just being an alcoholic beverage, yeah. what do you think of it? It's super tasty. I really like it. Yeah. I, 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 it's more mellow than I expected. Sometimes that the lactobacillus uh, stabbiness of certain sours really bothers me. That's not the case here. There's some smoothness. It's not huge. It doesn't feel like it's trying to be huge. It's 5.8% again. Um, it's 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 totally totally fine. I go back and forth sometimes on lead dog beers. Um, they have this giant. I think it's a. It's definitely a double. It, it might even be a triple. Actually, their IPA called a uh, Dankster, um, which I love. I think it's a fantastic beer. Um, but in my experience, lead dog is pretty polarizing. Sometimes, like even beer to beer, people aren't super loyal to to all of them. They, which I would say is them being inconsistent. But yeah, but I, this one's okay. Some of them are not great, and some are awesome. I was really curious to give them another shake because I think we've done them in the past, mm-hmm. long time ago, years and years. But they seem to have gone through, it at the very least, an aesthetic rebrand. Their packaging looks different. The logo looks different. They even have a new Lead Dog logo. 
So yeah. when when I'm presented with this, I am automatically assume maybe it's uh, internal as well as aesthetic. You know, maybe the maybe. liquid has revamped. You know, breweries revitalize. Things happen. They reimage. They they rebrand. <clears throat> yeah, and hopefully things improve. Uh, and I'm curious to see about the next one as well. Um, but yeah, for me, I, I'm not absolutely loving this beer by any stretch. No. Um, and just to to tie up your point there, yeah, the last time we did the uh, lead dog was I think. This, I wonder if this is right. Uh, episode ninety three. Well, when we covered blind spotting, well, we, we drank a beer from Lead Dog called uh, for, "For Reading with Love." I think it was after one of those fires. Oh, that was after the car fire, I believe. Yeah, yeah, right. Um, man, I bet my bottom dollar you and I did not tear that beer apart. You safe <laughs> bet. Dude. It seems like you know it was for a good cause. I'm sure I, I would be willing to bet we were a little bit more generous than we could have been. Yeah, um, but who knows. I'm sure that was a very. I'm sure that's still making for Reading with love. Seemed like a kind of one-time yeah. raising funds kind of thing. I mean, that was cool though. Great uh, movie though. Blind also, spotting. Favorite movie that Man, year. Man, what a good one. Have you seen it much since? I think. <laughs> I think Brandon Duran still has my does he? Blu-ray copy. Because did you and I split that? Because I had the DVD and yeah, you got the Blu-ray. And he moved mm-hmm. to Idaho. Sure. Well, so you've not seen it since since. I've watched it yeah. once. I watched the Blu-ray. We watched it in the theater. I watched mm. the Blu-ray, let him borrow it, and then he probably moved without even watching it. Probably. Well, I don't know what the odds are that Brandon's listening right now, but get, send it back, dude. Honestly. It's a good movie. Watch me. it first and then send it back. Yeah. It's the least you could do. I've seen it maybe four times total now. Four or five. So good. It gets better every time. It's so good. Man, David Diggs, Raphael Cazal, just, just, just... God, that movie's good. Yeah. Highly recommend. If you haven't listened to that episode, go back and listen to episode I don't 90. even know if it was a good episode, 93. Well, but it was were a good cool. movie. It turned out to be our both of, I think, our favorite movie of the year. You know, it was my second. It was my second of the year. My first was uh, Minding the Gap, mm. which was kind of a uh, like a pseudo-documentary skating film. Okay. Really good. I can't think of who did it right now, hmm. but yeah. very good. Movie. Mine was blind spotting, so... That, yeah, there's that. It's so good. Mine was it was my number two, I, and I've seen Blind Spotting more than Mining the Gap. So, says a little something. Well, yeah, something says a little something. Um, okay, back to this. Um, anything else you want to praise or or deconstruct or tear down, or do you want to give it a rating? I'm gonna have one more drink for what it's worth. It's underwhelming. Um, it does not scream tropical cocktail. Uh, I cannot help but thinking that it tastes a little watered down. So, it just I would love to have had more tropical just punchy flavors because a Mai Tai is not a subtle flavor. And so for the beer that's emulating it to come across as subtle in any way seems mm-hmm. um, a dishonor- irresponsible, a dishonorable mention to the, sure. uh, to the cocktail. So it's a yeah. 4.4 for me. Yeah. For me, it's a four. It's below average. It's still really good. I dig it. My rating's too high then. If, if I like this more than no, you. no, cause well, I like this less than you. I guarantee it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, but I don't get into the decimals, man. You're changing it now because of that. Yep. Okay, fine. I'm moving mine to a three. <laughs> You. No, um, this beer's gonna be a zero by the end of the night. Um, it's it's good, man. Um, I, I don't know. I, I do like it, but I think we have some responsibility as as critical beer reviewers to address what we are drinking, the way that it's intended to be drank mm-hmm. or experienced. And, and it's not totally that. If it didn't say my type, it said. I mean, truthfully, if it even said like citrus kettle sour, I'd be like, all right, cool. There's a lot of pineapple. There's sweetness. I, I think pineapple and and citrus are the definitely the most aggressive points here yeah lose the mai tai just call this tropical sour the tropical sour works super well but i need that almond stuff for it to be a mai tai so it's not so I, that's the reason it's not a five because i think as, as far as drinkability goes on its own totally good beer slightly above average yep. but when you factor in the marketing it's a little bit below yep. and i think that's okay mm. because later in the show we're gonna have another chance for lead dog to to win us over again yep. um but in the meantime do you have anything else on mai tai nope
Okay, then as a reminder, once again, you're listening to Fresh Hop Cinema. If you get a chance to try Mai Tai, which means, by the way, Johnny, where did you get this? Spike's Bottle Shop. Okay, so it's around town here in Chico. Please do let us know. The easiest way to do that is to take a photo of yourself drinking the beer and tag us on Instagram at fresh underscore hop underscore cinema. And if you think we got this beer dead wrong, Lead Dog, <laughs> do you work at Lead Dog? Do you want to harass me? Uh, do you think we got it right? Well, you have a beer or a brewery you think we should review? Or that. Are you a brewery that we have reviewed that you are not happy with Sure. Us? I want to hear from you. I, I mean, let's start a dialogue. Let's let's talk about it. How? Uh, they should message us on Instagram sure. or send an email to fhccast at gmail.com and let us know. And hey, if you like the show, go leave a five-star rating on Apple Podcasts. It does not take long, and it helps everyone find us. So next, we have a trailer for Black Panther Wakanda Forever. But do not worry. There are no spoilers in the next segment. His people did not call him General Oki. They called him Kukul Khan, the Feather Serpent God. Killing him will risk eternal war. He's coming for the surface world. What you whisper, they have lost their protector. Now is our time to strike. Show them. If you're just joining us, you're listening to Fresh Hop Cinema, a show about the worlds of craft beer and film. If you're listening on the radio waves of KZFR 90.1 FM, you're only going to be hearing the first half of our show on the radio today. But if you would like to hear the whole thing, you can go subscribe to Fresh Hop Cinema on Apple Podcasts or wherever quality podcasts are found. It will be available to stream tomorrow morning at 7 a.m. So at the end of this, if you just can't get enough, go listen. And what you just heard was a trailer for this week's film, Black Panther, Wakanda Forever. In the wake of King T'Challa's death, Queen Ramonda, Shuri, M'Baku, Okoye, and the Dormilaje fight to protect their nation from intervening world powers. As the Wakandans strive to embrace their next chapter, the heroes must band together with the help of old friends and allies to forge a new path for the kingdom of Wakanda against an onslaught of new threats from the outside world. In the coming conflicts, Wakanda must decide what role it will play on the world stage and the lengths it's willing to go to protect its people, borders, and sovereignty. Johnny Summers, as you said in the beginning, this is a sequel to Black Panther from 2018. This was also directed by Ryan Coogler. It was written by Coogler and Joe Robert Cole. So he directed the first one? Yes, sir. We did. Uh, cinematography here was done by Autumn Derald Arkapaw. Came to American theaters uh, on November 11th, 2022. Runs two hours, 41 appropriate minutes for a Marvel film. <laughs> um, and it stars Letitia Wright as Princess Shuri. Uh, Tana Huerta as Namor, who is somebody we'll talk about. He is a he's a he's a, a leader of a place that we will get into. I'm not sure how much we want to talk about just yet, but maybe we'll get there. Um, and then reprising roles are Lupita Nyong'o, uh, Denai Guerrera, and Winston Duke as M'Baku. And there's some other folks we'll get into here. But um, we were both stoked, man. I was The trailer for this is so great. Mm -hmm. Like It hypes you up. There's a whole bunch of new people we get to meet, whole new culture. 
I was so excited to see it. Um, I, I suppose you were too. Absolutely. How'd you think? How'd you think it went? How did I think? How did you think? How did you think during this movie? <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, I was very excited since the first preview. I kind of got chills and I was like, ooh. I was really very curious as to how they were going to pick up the mantle of Black Panther, how the story was going to progress, because it became such a, a massive thing. It was a, It's a massive part of pop culture since 2018. It's worth pointing out that not only is the character of Bland Black Panther deceased, and he, he dies pretty quickly in the beginning of this movie. Chadwick Boseman does not show up on screen for this, but, but Chadwick Boseman passed away years ago. Yeah. A couple years. Mm -hmm. His last performance being in Ma Rainey's Black Bottom. Yeah. Um, so the way they tie that in is appropriate. And yeah, of course, they can't continue uh, with his character in the movie. So it's, so it's both. And the movie is pretty, uh, especially in the beginning, uh, very solemn and, and heavy. And But yeah. Yeah. So I had very high hopes for this movie just because the first one was so fantastic. And I, I was really into this movie. I enjoyed all of the action. I enjoyed the world building. It's one thing that the first one from 2018 did so mm -hmm. well. I mean, you're being introduced into a brand new nation, which in itself is like this whole world that they had to build. And I want to go to Wakanda. It's just so cool. Yeah. Everything about it yeah. is, you know, aesthetically just amazing and the technology and, and the way that they live independently of the rest of the world mm -hmm. without wars. It's, it's, it's a really great idea of this utopia. And, this movie had some of the things that most Marvel movies do, but I feel like they didn't hit me over the head too much. The one thing that really stood out was how much time and care that this movie took uh, to pay attention to its characters' grief. Mm. And like this movie felt like it gave all the characters time for, for mourning. And like it was really emphasized that as a theme in the movie, it wasn't breezed over. So I really enjoyed that. The action was on point. It was a silly goose time where it needed to be. It had very strong moral compass throughout, even though that compass kind of veered. We'll get to that later on uh, in some of the decisions made. But overall, I thought it was a really strong movie. It was a very well done like action movie. Good for very good by Marvel's standards in the last five years. One okay. of the better Marvel movies I've seen in All quite right. a while. Out of 10. Out of 10. It's like an eight, nine. That's very high. Yeah, I really liked it. Then this is going to be a good discussion because I really didn't. What? Yeah, I, look, there's some good stuff here. I agree. Wow. The world building's on point. There's a whole lot of underwater stuff we get, which I think is super fun. Um, uh, I just, I struggle sometimes. There, there's some thematic stuff that is not very complex that we are meant to deal with throughout the movie. And there's just not enough there to justify the amount of time we spend contending with those emotions. And I just, I think this movie takes itself too seriously or, or maybe not even the movie as a whole, but some characters in the movie take themselves too seriously when you put them next to other characters that aren't. Namely, our main antagonist and, and to some extent, our main protagonist. Um, it's fun. I mean, I'll give it that. Like, the, there's the action is awesome. There's some great effects. There's a whole. Um, there's a. There's a. There's an attack. There's a. Um, an attack strategy used by another set of people that is right up there. It's it's just out of the sailor's handbook of sirens. They will do a sea call and like have people commit suicide basically into the ocean. Love that as an idea. Um, that stuff is cool. It's a new thing that I haven't seen, but it's certainly in Marvel movies. But here it, it just ends up, I mean, and this is tough to talk about without spoiling, but I will say that it comes down to the same stuff it always does. 
which is good versus bad kind of. And, and I actually can't, I can't talk anymore about the way, obviously the way it resolves or anything, but, um, I think, I think the performances are pretty good here for the most part. Um, there's just some stuff thematically that I just feel doesn't, doesn't hold up certainly to the original. Um, there's a lot of, a lot of needles that try to get threaded. Some of them work and some just really don't. There's a whole side character that gets introduced who becomes more and more of a main character. She's an inventor of sorts. Um, her as a character doesn't work for me at all. Um, and the implications that come from, uh, her, her potential of, of what she could do becomes sort of a, a fulcrum on which this movie tries to leverage a, a whole lot of moral issues. And I, I just, I don't know, it either didn't commit to those issues fully for me or it didn't. And the way that they executed those commitments didn't land. I'm not sure. But I know that watching this movie, I had a hard time getting invested for more than a couple minutes or an action sequence at a time. Hmm. All right. I don't know. So for me, uh, it's quite a bit below an 8.9. I'll tell you that. Um, I mean, graciously, it's maybe middle tier Marvel. I, I'm going to go with like a five. Dang. I, maybe. A, no, I, I do like Letitia Wright quite a bit. She's great as Shuri, but I'm going to give it a six. I'll give it. A, it was fun to watch. I'd watch it again. It's pretty. It's pretty long. So you got to really be into it. But I'll, I'll give it a six. I feel OK with that. So that's where I'm at. Um, we've got a couple minutes to talk uh, before we run out of time for our radio listeners. So we're still going to not spoil stuff. Um, but where do you want to go from here? Well, this is hard. I was so ready to spoil stuff. Uh, yeah. I will shout out. Sure. Um, oh my God. I'm, there's Are you looking so for, a, for a name or what? Queen Ramonda. Oh yeah. Okay. She, Why? Ah, uh, she just, she was making a meal out of every scene. I hated it. Wow. She's like my least favorite performance. No in this whole way. Movie. So bad. What? Dude, it's like, whatever. So continue i don't need to, to to run your train off the tracks with my negativity no, that's fine what'd you like about her i like this side of you i don't oh. like i don't like being this way but it, i think it's true i think i'm right so i yeah i just thought she was really embodying a lot of emotion and conveying what scene are you thinking of there's there was a few in the first act she's very good in the first act yeah i'll give you that yeah like when she she there's a whole thing it's in the trailer she says uh you know, like my son is gone. My husband's gone. Haven't I lost enough? Mm -hmm. I buy that all day. Right. I'd pay extra. But increasingly in this movie, for me, she she's like delivering soap opera lines. Like it's rough. I thought it was rough. Hmm. Like I was, I laughed. I laughed in the theater and I got dirty looks for it. Oh my. I don't care. Wow. Um, and I don't like being this negative, but I really felt like that performance was rough. Like hmm. bad. Like bad? Bad. Whoa. Yeah. That's crazy. Certainly, as her character art progresses, like bad. It, how in that it was? It's over overacted. It's cheesy. It's it's. She's over. She's in the wrong movie. The, I'm just wondering if it's overacted or if she's just like the best actor in the room. The most actor is not the best actor, right? Well, that's the question, then, isn't it? Like, let me. No, I think Letitia Wright beats her in every. Not that it's competition of acting, of course, but like any time the two of them, Shuri and and the Queen, have a scene together. And granted, like Shuri has to play like the angsty. She's not angsty. I guess she she has lost her brother, and they do talk about grief quite a bit. And the way that her her mother's handling the loss of her son versus Shuri the loss of her brother is, I love that as commentary. Like family talking about this stuff is awesome. Um, but emotionally, I think I think Letitia Wright beats her in every scene hmm. pretty easily. All right, it just feels so so over the top to me. Yeah, I mean, it's almost like. In what you're saying, like, 
she almost had like a different script, you know, because it, it did stand out. Yeah. But like to me, it stood out in like a good way. Can I make this this weird, not even an analogy, but I feel like so Winston Duke, who plays M'Baku, was given a script, same as everybody else. But I think his was like decorated with like explosions and like fun little art, like cartoons and like, you know, fun his, stuff. His said pow. It was awesome. And he like played it that way. And then and Letitia Wright might have just give, been given a script. And then the movie was built around her. But but I think um, I think everybody, I don't think she was given a different script, Queen, Queen Ramonda. Yeah. But hers was like, had like coffee stains and like whiskey on it. And mm-hmm. like the ink was smeared everywhere. And she's like, I guess I have to do it like this. So I wonder how much of something like that, where an individual performance seems so different and uh, deviated yeah. in any direction from yeah. the other people in the movie, how much of that comes down to like direction or, I mean, cause she, she can make choices to a point, but she has a director, right? Yeah. So of like, and it does feel like to me it was she was delivering powerful lines and mm-hmm. I I bought into them, but I'll give it to you it didn't really like fit in with the feel like if they were going for a through and through dramatic film mm-hmm. it might have sure it fit better yes but the fact that it didn't in your opinion how much of that do you think comes down to direction I feel like I've heard some interviews with Ryan Coogler talking about. Um, I feel like actually a lot of directors do this. They'll talk about sort of like giving giving their actors freedom and whatever. Um, Angela Bassett is just such an evocative performer. And I, I I wouldn't be surprised if he was just like, you do your thing. I'm just going to sit back and, and watch it. He's also kind of a younger director. Like I think he did, I want to say he did Fruitvale Station back in like, what is that? I didn't see it. Um, but there was a, a pretty, I think a pretty infamous uh, shooting on one of, do you know, um, the, like the Bart and like Pleasanton, mm-hmm. there's, there's one of those stops is Fruitvale. And oh I yeah. I want to yeah. say a young black kid was murdered and I think that was Ryan Coogler, but if you could fact check me, that would be really great. Yeah. Cause I don't have to edit out my stupidity. <laughs> um, but no, man, I think, I think it might just be Angela Bassman. Like, this is how I want to play the character. So that's what we're going to do. And this movie felt pretty, uh, am I, I'm correct in that? Yeah. Okay. He also um, did Judas and the Black Messiah. Oh, he did. Ryan Cooker directed Judas and the Black Messiah. Uh, he's credited on it. Let me. Do, mm, let me I checking. could be wrong. I don't remember that, but maybe. Um, anyways, I I don't know. I I just th- there could be a lack of cohesion in terms of the director and being like, no, you guys all need. It was like Ragnarok, not Ragnarok. Um, Love and Thunder. Christian Bale, awesome in that movie. I was gonna bring but that wrong up. Movie like. It's just not, they're not doing the same thing. And I, the more I think about uh, Love and Thunder, the the more issues I have with it. But it's not a fun time. Um, but it just doesn't make for a perfectly cohesive movie. And I think that might be what's happening here a little bit. Before we run out of time, um, the other thing I want to talk about is is the, the the bad guy. I hate even using the word bad guy after our discussion of the movie last week with All Quiet on the Western Front. Because our bad guy here, Namor, has a legitimate gripe. And he wants to keep his um, society secret. And we don't have to talk about that too much here. But like, what did you, how did the bad guy work for you? I think it worked well. I mean, it kind of started out as someone with good intentions and then, you know, almost got diluted by power. Mm-hmm. Uh, and yeah. that turned into, you know, malicious intent versus strictly defensive things. How did that transition work for you? Uh, you know, that one was tough because he seemed so rational and I like, know. logical. And then like, and then they're like, and then like Kevin Feige was like, we have to have a battle. It mm-hmm. has to turn bad. Yeah. I don't know. It's yeah. like first we defend the ocean, then we rule the world. I, like, I know it was such a strong flip. Yeah. 
Like if yeah. that was his plan the whole time though, and it, to me it was like, okay, maybe he was just finessing everyone and being like, yeah. I need us to defend and then I give me know, the man. scientist and then, you know, so maybe just, you know, means to an end using people and information <laughs> and then, you know, you have to look back on his actions throughout the whole movie as if he was always of the mindset of the person at the end, then maybe it makes sense. Like he's using, yeah, he's using devices and he's using information and the excuse of needing to defend his country as a way to get information. No, and but play he and was, play. he did want, he was like a good guy. He wanted to defend his country. Also, and that's he it. He was playing the Wakandans the whole time. Kind of. No, he kind of totally was. What do you mean? A hundred percent. It's spoiler. We can't right. get into it. Uh, well, I didn't like that flip. Cause I, you know, like, the best villains have legit grab. I like Thanos. I don't, you know, as a villain, not maybe as a homie, but like Thanos is, he's probably right. <laughs> I like, remember we had this unpopular there's too opinion. too many people. Yeah. And we're using too many resources. I, that's not up for debate. Mm-hmm. Certainly in the world that, that Marvel presents. Our population's going to hit 8 billion much. this month. Like we can't, the planet can't handle it. So there are too many people. Now, the way he goes about it is is the question. You can't maybe murder half the people, but there is a problem there. And you can kind of almost see where he's coming from. And you can kind of see where Namor is coming from. You're like, mm-hmm. I've kept my nation safe for so long. And and by your your brother, Black Panther, uh, exposing the world to vibranium, a, a thing that we also have in our uh, culture, in our area, they're coming looking for it, and it's kind of your fault. So you need to like you need to own up to this, and you need to help us protect ourselves. I'm like, that's reasonable. And then he has this flip. I'm like, all right, now well, now you're a bad guy. You're just a two dimensional. I'll maybe. make I'll make the argument that he was always the bad guy. He do you mean ethically, or do you mean in the construct of the movie? Because I agree, in the movie, he's like the bad guy. Uh, but both. No, I disagree. He's not the bad guy at first. He's oh. like, can you help well, us protect he our, our people? Again, he was, but he was playing the Wakanda. I don't think so, man. He said no. immediately in the movie that he has like trained his civilization for this for hundreds of years. Yeah, because people are going to invade. It's a movie about colonization and like the fact that, in this case, you know, mostly white European folks are coming to steal their stuff. Yeah, absolutely. But he, I would train my people for that too if I was But in he made it clear that he was training them for an offensive. Yeah, eventually, not one that he is choosing. Yeah, He's like, he if I have waiting, to, not an a, a defensive. It's like he was just waiting for an excuse. No, an offensive. He made it clear in the movie. I don't know, man. He made it clear after Wakanda was like, we're not going to. You know, we're not going to have your back. Mm-hmm. And and because because Shuri's like, what if we say no? And he's like, then I will start with Wakanda. Mm-hmm. But his first plan was to just defense. Like, no, he was basically like, no one's going to mess with us if Wakanda and uh, Talok, whatever, Talokan are on the same side. No, he wanted them to be on his side to attack the whole world. Is that true? 100%. That's the conversation well, they had in the cave. Well, if that's true, then I'm wrong. Yeah. Not great. Not great. But less of a bad guy. He was a bad guy the whole time. <laughs> and he was very manipulative. He played well, on true. their feelings. That's true. He was playing them the whole time. I still like him though. Maybe it worked on me. Most evil dictators are very popular. We are uh, we're past time. So let's wrap this up. <laughs> we've we've rated it already. So um let's get out of here. For any of our radio listeners, yeah, like this is this is clearly turning into a fiery discussion. It's been a while since we disagreed about a movie, uh, quite this staunchly. So uh, if you are listening on the radio and you need a reminder, once again, you've been listening to Fresh Hop Cinema. Uh, Wakanda Forever is currently in a theater near you, probably. If you've seen it and you have thoughts of your own, which you probably do, again, you can reach us on Instagram at fresh underscore hop underscore cinema, or you can send an email to fhccast at gmail.com. And to our radio listeners, thanks for tuning in. We'll catch you next and every Thursday at 5.30 p.m. on KZFR 90.1 FM. As a reminder, if you want to hear the rest of today's conversation, which includes 
spoilers. What's wrong with you? It says includes twice, which includes includes spoilers yeah. for Wakanda Forever. A lot of spoilers. A review of that second <laughs> beer from Lead Dog and Hot and Bothered. Head over to your favorite podcast app and subscribe to Fresh Hop Cinema. The rest of this episode will be available tomorrow morning at 7 a.m. And to those of you already listening on your favorite podcast app, we'll be right back. Danger that's cool, though. Should Welcome to the Danger Zone, everybody. This is the part of the show where we spoil our lives in the podcast and the movie <laughs> and uh, all sorts of stuff. Um, so, dude, let's let's talk a little bit. Um, Do you want to talk about the first beer and how expensive it was? Yes. So, it was a it was a solid beer. Um, again, if you're jumping over and you haven't heard uh, that part of our show in a while, say you came over from the radio and you've just listened to the podcast for the first time, our first beer was Mai Tai from Lead Dog, a kettle sour that we both thought was not as advertised, but still pretty good. Um, though I would say if it were pretty expensive, don't get it. Yeah. So how much was it? Three ninety nine. What size is a can? 16 ounce. Pretty safe bet. Yeah. Had I known that, uh... I might have given it some more grace. That's why we don't talk about money and beer ratings. Yeah, right. So four bucks um, at Spikes Bottle Shop here in Chico. I would hazard a guess it's at S and S, uh, and I don't want to shout out anybody else. Those two places definitely, and probably other places. Do you want to shout out anybody? No. Cool. <laughs> um, those people are not currently paying us. Exactly. Yeah. Um, all right. So let's talk spoilers for Wakanda Forever. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I just, I kind of want to talk negatives, um, okay. but I don't want to start our discussion that way. Well, so we can, we can Forrest Gump in the Olympics this well, ping, ping pong, baby. So I mentioned the, the, um, the, I didn't say the scientist. I mentioned there was an auxiliary kind of side character that became more and more prominent and, and none of that worked for me because the moral implications set up by this character. Basically the threat is this scientist character who is a, like a freshman in college, um, made, a machine that could find vibranium, which if you don't know is like the allegedly exclusively Wakandan element that mm -hmm. like the Black Panther suit is made of and all their technology is kind of based around. Turns out the people in Talokan also have this because they're under the ocean where it also is. This girl has made the machine and sold it to the CIA and now the CIA can go look around the world for more vibranium. They find it in the ocean. That's the problem. Talokan, all those folks in that city, culture, whatever, want to kill her. Mad. Like you can't, no, it doesn't seem like all of them. It seemed like the leader guy is like, right. Hey. And this is his gripe that I think is legit. He's like, regardless of how he's going to proceed in the future, like taking over the world at, at the core, he's like, my people are now in danger and I've prepared for this, but I want to keep them safe. And everybody can relate to it. Like that's what Khan's whole thing is like, we want to keep our people safe. Like we're not, we're not helping out with global conflicts mm -hmm. because we're keeping our people safe basically. And our borders secure and whatever. And you know, what kind of first and, you know, I'm trying to think of more uh, all right things to say. That's it. <laughs> um, so I understand that. But then the, the thing is like, you know, Shuri saves that kid. And then it's like this uh, capture the flag for the scientist. What I want to talk about is your stupid. Wait, he saves the kid? No, Shuri saves yeah. the kid, right? From college. So where it got dicey yep. was when he told Shuri mm -hmm. that he was going to kill the kid. Yes. And then go basically conquer the world. So, so I stepped out to go to the bathroom at one, and Apparently, I feel like maybe this is where, like, because I, I just really am, am not feeling the same way about the character at that a you are. very pivotal time down in the cave. Yeah, yeah. So he basically makes the point that I'm gonna kill this kid, sure, and then you and me should ally because obviously there's been one defensive perimeter break. 
Okay. That just means it's time for me to launch my global offensive against the rest of the world. Okay. And us in Wakanda can do it together. And that's when Shuri's like, and if I say no, that's when he said, I All was right. back at this point. That's when he said, we'll go for Wakanda first. So you can either conquer the world with me. Okay. Or we'll start with Wakanda sure. and I'll go either, conquer yeah, the rest of the world. Join us or we'll destroy you first. Yeah. The classic. Yeah. And villain. so the, the issue then <laughs> is with, you know, on Wakanda's shoulders is is the security of any one nation worth a life Uh and you know that whole moral the implications of that and things like that but no dude he was he was like big bad from the jump all right well i gotta take your word for it i do believe you uh i like this bums me out i was paying attention fair enough um okay the point that i was trying to get at forget about honorable film criticism what did you think about the, the scientist iron man suit she made like a, a it, what did it look gang, like? Like gang, gun, Gundam. Gundam. I wanted to Gundam. say Gangnam That's too. That's what it is. Gangnam style <laughs> suit. No, a Gundam warrior suit or whatever. Yeah. It looked like trash to me. I thought it looked But so it also stupid. looked like she made it in two days and it was like flawless. I get Yeah. You true. know, there right. was that whole, but they got some crazy technology. I just don't Ugh. know why they needed a tertiary character that was just in there as a, what do they call that? A red herring of moral, like. I know what you're saying. Yeah. You know, she's a she's, plot. She device. was a conduit. She's a plot for, device. For, for for a moral debate. That which is what I was getting back to in the beginning, uh, is not really even that central to the conflict that we end up dealing with. No, but it is a moral conflict that leads to the larger conflict. That's true. Because without that rudimentary disagreement, there would be no war between nations. Agreed. But we don't have to have her fighting alongside, like in her stupid suit. No, it was fact- cool enough, but. I'm never going to get over how stupid like the nanotech looks when they like particles yeah. off of their face. And like, it looks so like it started in Spider-Man. She would have been more believable in some like tech way because that's where she had her strong suit has had been displayed. But uh, yeah, I mean, there was, they, uh, they showed when, when Shuri went to get her to take her back to Wakanda that she did have a suit like that, that she had built. Yeah. So, like, they did oh, foreshadow man. it. One of the CIA people goes, I should fly that. She's got an Iron Man suit. Shut up, dude. We've got one of them Iron Man shit. Speaking of which, the same. Do you remember what's the Spider Man movie with Tom Holland that came out? It wasn't the first one. It might have been the second one. It could have been the third. What is the third one called? No Way Home. Okay, not that one. What's Far From Home? What's the first one called? Homecoming. The second one, I think, came out right after Endgame. Is that right? I'm pretty sure. That movie had a huge huge iron man problem more so it had a robert downey jr problem which Mm. is that it was like just littered with the ghosts of the influence of that character this movie has that also with chadwick boseman we don't have to talk about that now in fact i don't want to because i think i like what you're talking about but i also wanted to shout out did that girl look familiar to you the scientist character somewhat she was in um she's been in two movies before this that you've seen both okay um and one was if beale street could talk Mm. and one was judas and black messiah nice um Anyways, I just think that suit was so dumb. And there's another suit that comes about, which is like, it reminded me of something. Don't know what, but it was like a blue it was very rabbit a, suit. Um, no, it was very reminiscent of uh, Abe Sapien from Hellboy. Oh my God. Is that what I'm thinking? Yeah, of? immediately yeah, I saw it. I'm like, oh, that's Abe Sapien. Yeah. Okay, sure. Yeah, I'm looking at a photo now. Um, with like longer sort of ears. Yeah, especially because there was like one scene in Hellboy where Abe Sapien was wearing goggles. And I was like, oh, yeah, sure. That's, yeah. So, right. yeah, very visually, like, hearkening back yeah. to that. Um, but, yeah, I didn't necessarily need the scientist character 
all she needed to do was be the device that triggered a moral dilemma that yeah. led to a conflict between totally. nations. We shouldn't have to be on screen. No, that we just needed have to exist. We just needed her life in the balance. Yes, totally. But I mean, they needed to make her badass. I guess. Like, yeah. So whatever, and she was like doing her part. But yeah, I did not buy the whole Iron Man slap together suit thing. And also, like, it's very derivative. Like, yeah, uh, but of Iron Man. <laughs> but in this world, yeah, someone that age would have looked up to someone like Tony That's Stark. Totally true. From infancy. Mm-hmm. So, is it that out of the question? I mean, if he's laid the groundwork, no, it's and, true. You know, he's. The precedent for this technology exists in this universe. Yeah. So the fact that someone that is smart enough to be at MIT at 19 and get whatever, like no, it's, it, it's a, it makes sense. It's in plausible. this universe, sure. it's plausible. We're playing in this sandbox, but still, did it work? Was it an effective device for this movie? I don't think so. No. It was one of the weaker points for sure. Um, okay. So then we've talked about our thoughts on if we if we buy the villain and his gripes, whatever. Do you? Because then the movie flips to shorthand if you haven't seen it in the first movie killmonger michael b jordan's character burns down all of the magic herb that they use to turn into black panther basically heart-shaped plant heart-shaped herb 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 and so shuri recreates it does the crazy trip sees him killmonger and he's all like are you gonna be like your little little fucking bitch ass brother are you gonna take care of shit like i did and then that's like oh i guess like maybe there's a potential shuri's gonna go crazy i guess and that's kind of what we are supposed to believe is going to happen. So she's she's like, I'm just going to burn down the world. I'm going to kill this guy. And we have that face off. And there's a moment where it's like, is she going to kill him or is she not going to kill him? Any part of you think she was going to kill him? There was a chance. Really? Yeah. I didn't think that at all. But okay, maybe it works. Well, I mean, all of her actions leading up to that point did. So. I mean, what did she do that was really that egregious leading up to that? Or just the way she was talking. Like she told uh, the war chief guy what's his name mbaku mbaku yeah that like that scene actually did kind of work yeah that's true no she, he was like if you kill him you kill their deity you curse us with eternal war that's true and so she, everything she yeah. said up to this point was like nope don't care gonna yeah. kill him yeah and then you know she had warnings from her sister that mm-hmm. his power when she became black panther mm-hmm. that it was gonna consume her and she said it already has that's so true. like the lines were there i just didn't buy it for this i don't know maybe and this ties into what you were saying about the grief and and because that's kind of the central her central conflict is mm-hmm. like grieving her brother and, and how she's gonna fill the void of the responsibility she has for her people and to her family and the kind of person she wants to be. I think that's a super valid thing to discuss thematically in a film. I just I don't think the dots connected for me. Mm-hmm. And it could be a totally personal gripe because it sounds like it worked for you. Mm-hmm. And I'm sure it works for a lot of people. And I I don't know. I actually, this is one of the few movies that I, I haven't read anything about. I don't know people's thoughts on this. I don't even know what it's like kind of averaging on Rotten Tomatoes. Um, so I could be in the minority. I don't know. It's averaging really good. Is it? Yeah. I just, I didn't, I don't know, man. It didn't, it didn't work for me. It was fun. I'd watch it again. It was a super cool movie. Um, but it just, it's not, the best Marvel movies, if you ask me, are pretty thematically rich and, um, have have a bunch of stuff to say, and and the best ones are you know interwoven into a larger fabric of I don't know. whatever. I feel like this one had a central conflict of a tortured hero, and it sure. was more as much her against herself versus her upbringing versus the actual enemy, mm-hmm. and it came yeah. down to a major moral choice that had to be made. I thought it had yeah. excellent themes of very high brow, like high arcing, yeah. high stakes. I agree. Uh, I mean, basically, we're dealing with a god defending his people versus, you know, a godlike character in the Black Panther defending mm-hmm. her people. And, 
you had, you know, just lost your mother. Yeah. Like, I mean, this dude. It's the makings for a hero. Like, this dude drowned her mother. Yeah, I thought she was going to kill him. I get it. I Like, I'm with you. I think it's there. I like the pitch meeting. I was like, what if, what if we made this movie with this, this, and this? And I'd be like, yes, make it. And I just, it didn't connect for a number of reasons. It just didn't work for me. I saw this and like, given there was some scenes where I was like, the fuck? Yeah. Tell me that wasn't a straight up like Mufasa scene when Shuri's about to kill him and she sees Angela Bassett in the sky. Of course it's a Mufasa scene. That's just like the most like. Which is why it's lame. That part, that particular scene was lame. It's like, oh, my, my true spirit animal is now speaking to me. Not Michael B. Jordan, but my mother. Yeah. Lovely sentiment. Mm hmm. But the, some of the problems with some comic book movies is they don't translate from from in this case script or maybe comic material. I don't know the source yeah. material here, but maybe it was straight from the from the comics. And they're like, now we'll put it on screen. That shit doesn't always work. I don't know, man. I felt this movie though. Like I was okay. I so was into it. I'm coming back to the Chad Chadwick Boseman thing now, because this movie ends and begins with a lot of Boseman sadness. Mm-hmm. The freaking Marvel credit thing does has no music. Which I think has only happened in Infinity War or Endgame. I can't remember. And it just shows like Chadwick Boseman's Black Panther. Oh, at the beginning. It's the very beginning. Yeah. And so it sets the tone. And like immediately it's pulling on my nostalgia heartstrings. I'm like, oh, that's great. And then it ends with with that not post-credit scene, but mid-credit scene. Like he has the kid. Mm-hmm. And that shit works. Like I miss Chadwick Boseman. He's so good. Mm-hmm. And I remember when I, anytime they talked about him, like you see a mural of him on the wall during his funeral procession. Like I liked the movie more during that. Mm-hmm. But that's not, I mean, it is a testament to the movie. I guess they're smart enough to put that in. But that's not this movie. That's other movies that I'm associating those feelings with. I think a big part of it, too, is is, is having those emotions and connecting with the fact that Chadwick Boseman, the actor person, has passed. That's what and I'm like, saying. The whole allegory between uh, the way that he passed in real life and the way he I did know. in the movie was so, like, you know. You're not going to say cheap, but I'm going to say cheap. <laughs> She's like moments away from creating the cure to his, I guess, cancer. And no, like she doesn't was, get there. She was trying to recreate the the heart-shaped herb. Oh, she was. Yeah. I guess so. Maybe like sense. giving him that would, would save him or who knows. I, I guess I feel conflicted about using that as um a plot device when it does so strongly correlate to to his real life, the mm-hmm. actor's real life. But it like it worked. I don't know. I'm not sure if it just feels like a like a like a cheap way of achieving some emotional sort of it didn't feel, feel cheap to me. It felt like yeah. um, kind of making a movie to maybe help fans deal with maybe, gr- grief. Maybe, yeah. You know, I think a lot of fans of this movie, particularly young fans, yep. uh, were maybe in need of that. Yeah, maybe. Have you still not seen Ma Rainey's Black Bottom? No. You should check it out. It's. I think he he's great in it. I will. Uh, I, I think I, st- I remember starting it. Yeah, I might have been drunk. Sure. It's an. It's, that's it's not the, a drunk movie. No, you I should know. watch it. I felt that like as I was watching it because I, they were like in clubs and weren't they like practicing in someone's like basement or like a downstairs. The whole a lot. movie takes place basically in a in a recording studio and there's like three levels to it. And okay. I want to say it was adapted from an August Wilson play. Yes, um, like Fences was. Um, but yeah, it's it's a pretty it's a pretty conversational slow movie in, in terms of um, uh, yeah like adrenaline or anything it's it's a lot of conversations and does a lot it start of... out with him sorry totally no you're right does it start out with him not making music with ma rainey and like he's like working at the club or something maybe it might i think i watched that but it, obviously i didn't right. watch it watch yeah it, so. uh it's a it's a one cocktail it's a it's like a zero cocktail before two cocktails during kind of movie 
So two to four. Gotcha. Sure. <laughs> um, but yeah, great movie. I think we're, we're pretty much there with, with Wakanda forever. Do you think? I don't know. I want to hear more about what you didn't like about it. I've touched on most of it. I okay. could nitpick, but those are kind of the broad strokes. I think you should watch it again. I might. I might watch it again. I probably won't. Um, I don't, I, there's I, no time soon. I just, I don't understand specifically why this didn't work for you. Really? Yeah. Well, I think you should listen to this episode again. Just because I think all the breadcrumbs are there. Just got to follow them home, baby. Give me the bullet points. I don't know that I can do that. Okay, fine. Uh, challenge you. Fine. There. Okay. Say one more sentence, please. I challenge you. I want five reasons why you didn't like this movie or three or two or sure. one. I don't care. Generally speaking, I think that it's a good looking fun movie that has a lot that it wants to. Here it is. Here's number one. Has a lot that it wants to say and doesn't know how to say it or, or knows how it's trying to like knows how it wants to say, it, but it doesn't land. I'm not sure. That's maybe two points. I think on one hand, it might not be saying what it's trying to say very well Two, even if it is personally, that doesn't work for me. Three, I think there are some moral qualms that are brought into the equation that are not dealt with in a mature, responsible way for the gravity of those, uh, accusations, namely, uh, colonization, um, and that's kind of the big one. Um, what do you mean? How were they brought up and how were they, were not, were they dealt with not specifically with the way. And again, this might come down to maybe this little key bit of information that I missed. I just don't think that the flip of either the villain, what I would call a flip, what you say is evident from the whole time, but what I would call a flip and the flip of the heroine is believable as it pertains to their uh, perceived responsibility for the well-being of their cultures. I think that's that's heavy stuff, and I I just think it's kind of brushed off as black and white. And I don't think those things are black and white. Four, uh, there's a, lot, a couple tertiary characters that are not necessary for the telling of this story. Five, some performances really fall flat for me. <laughs> the queen for sure, but even like um uh, let me look it up real quick. Um. You know, some of the, what's her name? Um, I can't think of Lupita Nyong'o's character, but uh, whatever her name is, like, it's fine. It's fine. But there's a lot of stuff that doesn't have to be there. I think there's wasted time in this movie and wasted themes and and overall wasted potential. Fair enough. That's it. It's fun. All like, right. those are my five reasons, I guess. And I feel really good for coming up with those five reasons and wording them, I think, fairly eloquently. <laughs> yeah. That's where I'm at. I still just expected you to like it. I'm, I'm very surprised. Yeah. Well, I subvert expectations every now and again. You do. And I apologize if that has bummed you out slightly. Not at all. All right, good. It makes for good conversation. I mean, yeah, I don't feel true. strongly enough about this movie yeah, to be like, you right. know what? Fuck you. Because you gave it. I'm sorry. What'd you give it? 8.9. Oh, yeah. You, well, you, you do feel kind of strongly about it. I, there's no movie that I would ever lose a friend over. Well, no. And I'd lose you know a saying? friend to have but a but I'm like, fight about a movie. But, like, but fight with actual like feeling. Like, this, isn't, this is no arrival. <laughs> you got to watch it again. No. Do you know? I man, don't. Listen, I was talking to a bunch of people. I wish I'll talk about um, here in Hot and Bothered in a while, but um, I will watch it again. I've been on a sci-fi kick. Someone had said to me, like, like I explained kind of what we do on the show, and I, I told some people about movies that I like, movies you like, and then I said you hate Arrival, and the person was like what? And I said you hate Shutter Island. I was, and he was just like, what are you talking about? And I said I think he hasn't seen them since we started this show. Basically, like, certainly Shutter Island. You would love Shutter Island. I made it quite clear while well, I don't like Shutter Island. Because it freaks you out? They have like PTSD. PTSD. Yeah. yeah. It's so good. Like I'm not deflating the merit of that movie. Fair enough. Personally, okay. it's bothersome. It's incredible. Arrival? It's, yeah. 
I need to rewatch again. I've been on, like I said, big strong sure. sci-fi kick. Yep. I've just recently rewatched Blade Runner twenty forty nine. Great movie. So like, how recently? Uh, a week and a half ago. Last oh, time, snap. McAllister was in town. Oh, cool man. He was in town. We went out and had dinner, uh, and he had never seen it. And I was like, you know what? Instead of just getting drunk on a weeknight and regretting yeah. it, let's watch a movie and then discuss it. So we watched Blade yes. Runner twenty forty nine in complete silence and then talked about it for like an hour. That's yeah, it was fucking great, dude. I think I mean like I, I don't have a list in front of me, but like in the conversation of best sci fi movies and in, in in our living memory, you're like, yeah, twenty forty nine, Matrix, Arrival, Dune, um, probably another Aliens. Probably, I I don't think I've seen Aliens. Oof. No, no, I've seen Aliens, so I didn't see the newest one, whatever that was called. That's fine. Yeah, but yeah, like there's. It's great. Yep. You got You got to watch it again. All right. It's so good. I'm gonna I'll do my best. Okay. Uh, are you ready for beer number two? I think it's time. All right, Johnny Summers. What is beer number two, my friend? I, I'm just kidding. It's intergalactic, but I don't know any more than that. Yeah, it is a hazy double IPA again from Lead Dog Brewing out of Sparks, Nevada. Eight point two percent, forty IBUs. It is seasoned with the fruit of the galaxy and mosaic hop. From the can, we read, Elon knows the true nature of interstellar travel is found within this Northeast-style double IPA. All right. Um, so it didn't look hazy when I poured it into our glasses, but um, I mean, maybe a little bit, you know, uh, but not nearly what I was expecting for something that claimed to be uh, that. Um, you've, I couldn't tell. Did you smell it or did you yeah, taste it? Yeah, I smelled it. it. What'd you think? It smells old. Oh, it smells old? Old. Oh, that's a bummer. Uh, there's no canning date on the can. And I so. went against my, my natural, what I always do is look for the date. Yeah, sure. I never don't buy cans without dates on them. Your eyeballs go label, <sighs> date, price. Yep. Yeah. Label, style, date, price. Oh, okay. Sure. Um, but... The can art, I checked their website, I checked like their Instagram, like the can art was like new, like this new wave of cans that they're doing. And I assumed worst case scenario that this would have been released right around the same time as the Mai Tai Sour, mm -hmm. just because yeah, one would assume, right? Sure. They only had two lead dog beers with these new labels, so I assumed it wouldn't be that old. It smells... It smells tangy is what it smells like. Yeah. Did you rinse your glass? Yeah. Okay. In 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 one sense, in another sense, no, no, I didn't. Um, so maybe I'll maybe I'll do that. Maybe I won't. But you've just tasted it. What do you think? I don't think it's as bad as it smelled. Okay, good. Because I is it is it tangy to you or is it just? It's my... got a little tang to it. Okay, good. Because my glass, I I mean, I drank I drank most of what was in my glass, by the way. Um, so you're making you're making not uh, not like you're upset about it you seem confused yeah it it tastes like tangy fruit and i don't know why well i don't know why either certainly um have you tried it no i'm about to but i was just reading over the description one more time does it taste like 8.2 percent is kind of what i want to know also it's got that vague like masked sweetness that like it's a masking sweetness that's a little little close to cloying that really does yeah, you could believe this is 8%. There's something there that's uh Right? This is fucking weird. It's almost it's almost adjacent to cut grass. No. Did you ever used to eat four not four <laughs> be a good day if you found a four leaf. Clovers, three leaves. You know the little guys? They they were very tangy sweet. I didn't know you could eat those. 
You can. <laughs> I, th- I think. <laughs> I um, did. I know that in my gr- at my grandma's house in the Midwest in South Dakota, they would grow all around kind of the trimming of her of her house. And you could you could pluck them, and, and they would have this sour kind of almost lemongrassy if, if the lemon were less lemony and more um, of like a bitter, like herbal kind of thing. So like grass, grass. I guess like grass, grass, like a combination of, of lemon and grass, which you would think is called lemongrass, but it's not what I'm describing. Um, that has this going. It's almost like freshly cut clovers. I don't, I got to try it again. You've tried it a couple times. You this, should have more of a concrete thought than me. This is um, soundly bad. Yeah, it is. I agree. This is like off bad. Like wet, like a hazy double IPA should not taste sour. No, something's, something's going on. Like this is this is askew. Something has gone awry. Something is rotten in the state of Sparks, Nevada. Do you want to shout out the art? Yeah. Okay. The can art's red. Hannah Eddy is the artist. Uh, I don't like the can art either. So. Oh, <laughs> <Sorry>. damn. <laughs> Jesus. That freaks me out. It reminds is... me of like a Nickelodeon cartoonism kind of No, it, it reminds me of uh, of um, Courage the Cowardly Dog. Oh, I could see it. I really don't like that. You're just like the Grinch this episode. I'm not, dude. It's not my fault. You just don't like shit tonight. Um, that said, I- I'm going to move to make a motion for this beer not being disqualified. We'll rate it, but um, this isn't an accurate depiction, I think, of what this beer is trying to be because it tastes nothing like an 8.2% hazy IPA. No. Um, and if it's creative license the they're can, taking, can I, I, the think, I think it's a terrible license. So um, bad call. Uh, let's give it a swirly swirl, see if there's anything in the bottom. Sure, you just drink it straight from the can. Why not? Well, I'm eliminating the possibility of glass contamination. Well, now you're, you're creating the... The, the certainty of, of your mouth contamination. It'll be fine. Did you want to drink some? Not anymore. Yeah. Oh, please. No, it's fine. I don't care. Um, no, it really tastes that bad. Yeah. So we can reach, in this case, let's reach out to the brewery. We'll figure out what's going on. Hey, if your beer is not infected, it sure fucking tastes like it is. Well, yeah. I mean, so what I said earlier about kind of being hit or miss with lead dog, I, I've never had a beer of theirs that I'm like, oh, this is just trash. Like worst offense is like, I'm like, this is just not for me. Like, I think this right. is not a style that I enjoy. There's a difference between stylistically not accurate and, and a just bad not, beer. And not to my taste, but this is, this is bad. Like don't drink any more of this. You'll get a No, I'm done. Cake. Yeah, for sure. So, so we can rate it. We can also just say disqualified. Uh, I'm going to rate it. It's a, it's like a one flat. It's like a two. Yeah. I mean, there's, there's a nice note there for a second. I got to reminisce about my grandma's house. There you go. So two and one for you. Uh, I vote that we say nothing else about this because I don't think we have much to add. Fair. All right. In the hot and bothered. Let's do it. Hot and Welcome to Hot and Bothered. Nice try. Trying to get in a, one more thought off the air. Johnny, you couldn't do it. Now you're on air. Yeah. What, was, what were you going to say? More about this? I was just thinking, man, this is really strange. Like, first of all. Damn like, it, Johnny. This is last segment. The fucking shit's more sour than the first sour. Don't just say the fucking shit. The, the, Use your words. <laughs> God. The the second beer from Lead Dog, uh-huh. Intergalactic Hazy Double IPA, yeah. is more sour than the Mai Tai Sour. Oh, yeah. And also, here I am trying to give this brewery another chance because, quite frankly, I haven't liked a lot of their beers <laughs> ever. I've and also, I'm like, sure. oh, new art, new rebrand, like New Glory did it. They yeah. got way better. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, I'm doing a thing that we haven't done in a while, which is that I'm inventing a new segment, which in this case is just called Hot and Bothered redo because I actually now have nothing to sip for hot and bothered, which really rubbed me the wrong way. So here comes the sound one more time. Welcome to hot and bothered. Here we are. Um, 
some of that was edited out because of Patreon exclusivity, but please know that we were talking about our future Patreon events. And, and typically, by the way, those happen at night when we're drinking. Um, but there's discussion of them. Ha- what are you looking at in my head? I was what? just reading your hat. You turned it around for the first time. There's something on the back? Yeah. It Carhartt. says Crusaders oh, no. and then Rosebridge. Yeah. or Yeah, sure. Yeah. Uh, anyways. I was just reading it. There's, there's words presented there's to me. discussion of uh, an event happening. Let's say between the hours of, I don't know, 10 and 1 in the morning. It's a good time Sorry, to 10 have, in the morning, 1 in the afternoon. It's a good time to have a meal, but it's a little late for breakfast. It is, but it's too early for lunch. Brunch? Oh, my God. Anyways, so... Did you know that Dan Levy has his own show on HBO Max, and it's all about brunch? I don't know who Dan Levy is. He's the uh, pansexual son of Eugene Levy. I know who Eugene Levy is. Famous from Schitt's Creek. Who? I know Eugene Levy is famous from Schitt's Creek. Yeah, Dan Levy Levy is his son. In Schitt's Creek? Yeah, it's his actual son. The gay boy in that? Yeah, dude. People tell me I am like him a lot. What's his character's name? You don't know. David. You, you would have said David. Yeah. Yes. I love Shit's Creek. I like it. Also, Dan uh, Eugene Levy's daughter plays the waitress. Come on. I don't know who the waitress is. So, Well, it's Eugene Levy's daughter. <laughs> Very cool. <laughs> right on. <laughs> Anyways, um. <laughs> he's got his own show on uh, HBO Max. Okay. And it's all just, it's a brunch cooking show. So they just make food that goes with champagne. It's great. That's awesome. Yeah. Um. Well, fine. So yeah, the idea is a is a Patreon bar hang, but we do brunch on a Saturday because because like I work Saturdays a lot of the time. I play music, so um, the idea of like doing doing brunch and like a, a mimosa or two or or a, or a Guinness with a shot of espresso, like brunch drinks um, or at, whiskey at like ten or whiskey at like ten or eleven in the morning. In theory, I could get an Uber home and then like sleep from like three to six and then go to my gig that night. That'd be rad. And I just feel like it would open up some availability in addition to like fun new hijinks because no sure. one's seen you without a guitar in your hands on a saturday and what i, well, I try not years? to let it happen yeah yeah you're so, like spider-man on saturdays only <laughs> in uniform one person yeah one building at a time yep let's talk hot and bothered man let's do it um i see what you're talking about um that's not all okay well i'm gonna then why don't you start because i'm gonna jot down some stuff so that i have it for our notes later uh i had a very successful uh fight night uh for the ufc pay-per-view Who'd you f- oh okay uh, i didn't fight anyone <laughs> Uh, and well, my neighbor came over and did get a little crossfaded and Alan, Al, Alan, Al, Alan. I was, that was cool. Alan's never heard our, maybe once. I know actually for a fact he has. Really? Yeah. Cause you showed him our show on his phone one time. Oh, cool. But I don't think he listens or anything. Well, if you're listening to this, Alan shout out, we carried you home. It was a great, what? it's fine. Yeah. I thought it was weird. Cause I popped by, which I'll tell about in a minute, but, um, Thought, I thought that was him. I mm-hmm. thought this is weird, but nice that you're having him over. I love Alan. Cool. Yeah. So it's good. And we had like Monty came over, like Dan Padden was there. Yeah. Shout out patron Chris Gomez. Also. Gomez was there too? Yeah. I'm going to shout him out in my thing too. Hell yeah. Cool. It was a good night. Had some good food. Everyone like really went to the nines. Dan made lemon bars with Meyer lemons from his tree in his front yard. Nice. So like just... We did it up like adults, like nice, good food, fancy drinks. It was great. Uh, that was fun. And you popped in for a moment. Very briefly. Yeah. Do you true. want that to be a segue or do you want me to keep talking? Do you have more? Yes. Well, is it about this? No. Is it, okay, then yeah, then I'll pop in. Um, I had a four-show run. I had a Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday. Um, Sunday was my birthday. I'll timestamp that now. Happy birthday. Thank you. I texted you um, right you when I woke up. Yeah. Um, I told you I'd never forget your birthday again. You did. And it's, you've gotten one year so far. You're one for one. Never stop. Never we'll forgetting. 
Um, anyways, I worked my birthday. My birthday was Sunday. So I had shows three days before that as well as that day. Um, and, and I, I was thinking the other day that all four of those shows were winners. They were only cover gigs, nothing crazy. Um, but I played at, at the Chico Tap Room um, on Thursday. And my friends Ben and Sam showed up. They sang a song. Uh, Sam sang with me for one. They sang one. I sat back and I just thought while they were singing, like, this is a pretty sweet job that I have. Um, Saturday, I played at LaSalle's for the last time. That place is closing. Friday. Uh, correct. Friday. Um, a bunch of people showed up, including Chris Gomez and Alexis. They danced to a song or two. I played some Coheed and Cambria um, by request, their request. Um, also a super solid show. I made the point consciously that when I got there, I was like, I'm not going to, I'm, I'm going to not drive when I leave here. I'm going to have a couple drinks. So I think I had like two or three before I started, ended up playing an extra 45 minutes, the whole thing. It was super fun. Nice. Super hungover Saturday, played a private house concert for an employee of Sierra Nevada. It was his wife's birthday house, little house show. Super fun. Not far from my house, not far from your house. So I popped over, saw you, uh, it was lovely. Saw Alan awake at the time. Yeah. Um, and then I played that show. And then on Sunday I played at Sierra Nevada for their employee appreciation party, played three hours. Um, you know, Rob showed up, my friend Rob got the tap room to sing me happy birthday. My friends, Ben and Sam were playing at the big room at the same time. And then they sang me happy birthday. It was just like an all around super fun four days of shows. It's a rewarding four days. It really was. Cause sometimes I get bogged down by like bad shows mm -hmm. cause they can be really draining. Yeah. So I wanted to highlight these four, because they were like just four in a row, just bangers. I love it. Embrace the good. How do you feel about working on your birthday? I, I consider not doing it. Months ago, I thought about taking a trip. I was going to invite you, Rob, a few friends, and I was going to try to, actually, the plan was to go to those hot springs that I talked about, I think, last week. God, I'm glad I wasn't on that expedition. <laughs> yeah. That would, um, you would not, it's not for you. No. But in my brain, the plan was to be like, get a cabin, and then one day we'd all go, we'd bundle up and like take some whiskey and then like go, and it'd be super fun. Down for the cabin. Yeah. Fucking sign Stay behind up. for that, for the tiger itself. Guys, you stay, uh, you spring it up. Sure. I will cook you a meal. Deal. Yeah, you can do barbecue back. while we go back. See, every time I watch a Western, I'm like, I identify with cookie. Yeah, sure. It's the guy <laughs> at the chuck wagon. <laughs> um, anyways, I decided not to do that. Instead, I took a few gigs that that paid pretty well, too, which is yeah. another high. I was like, yeah, this is what I'd like to to charge. And they're like, we can pay you. And I was like, perfect. No no haggling necessary. Love that. Um, anyways, that was my four-day run. I have one more thing, but but I've spoken for too long. So what else you got? Uh, well, I wanted to segue and let you know that I have started Empire of the Vampire. You have? Yeah. I'm about uh, that makes an, me happy uh, as I'll get out. I started yeah. an audible thing and cool. I'm about uh an hour and a half in. Okay. Okay. I listened sure. to the first two chapters and stopped right before the start of the third. Okay. I don't expect you to be hooked yet. But Oh, I'm in. Where, so no, what, I like it. What's going on? He's still in his village as a kid, right? Like that's yeah, where it starts. They're sitting there or he's in the, interviewing him. Oh, he's still in the interview. You're not even to his childhood yet. Oh yeah, these interviewing him but he's recounting his whole childhood okay where, where's what's happening in uh, his child no one cares about this except me oh it's and fine Jules, if she ever listens it's fine go um he just recounted the story about the girl that he kissed first and his <sighs> sister coming back to his village as like no oh yeah. man that was rough after that chapter i had to stop because that's because like, because he is the part where he you got to the point what happens with his sister well the, i don't want to say they're it if both you dead read it what? Wait, his older sister and her friend came back to the village. Yes. And he killed them both. They're dead. He killed they, them yeah, again. They, okay, they good. set them yeah. on fire. I couldn't remember if, if they showed up and the chapter ended or if he killed them and then it ended. No, that okay, chapter yeah, ended. That's a brutal man. Yeah. 
Oof. And then talking about how mad he was at the priest and all that. So it's a very good book. I love yeah. high fantasy. And this one is skewing more towards gothic fiction, sure. which I, I love. Yeah. It's a great genre. I mean, uh, Anne Rice, shout out. Okay. Great. One of the best. In case she ever listens. Yeah. Sure. Um, <laughs> but anyways, I just wanted you to know that uh, I started it. I appreciate it, man. You're, I'm notorious you're in for a treat. I'm notorious for not taking recommendations. And like I yeah. said, if it's in something that I love already, the chances of me imbibing your recommendation go up like totally you triple your chances. So I'm really excited for you. It's really good, man. Yeah. So I'll, I'll touch on that. Maybe like a week once or two, more yeah. or, and then probably when I'm done with it, cause Sweet. I drive a lot. So yeah. it'll, and it's nice to take a break from podcasts, like something I, with right? substance. And I, I love being told a story yeah. and, uh, the audiobook narrator is very good about differentiating voices. I know. He's really good at accents. He's got a great French accent. Yeah. Uh, and the whole concept of the people that fight the vampires, that they have to like smoke blood. Isn't that great? They're like, oh, so it's like they're badasses that fight vampires, but they're also tweakers. Yeah. Like, oh, this is like. A v- but they like tweak to keep the hunger away. Yeah. Oh, and good. it like heightens their senses. So they become super vampire It's very killers. witchery. Yeah, like you're taking a potion. You're going to get more and more of that as the oh, show. Oh, I love it. The show, so I love lore. I love the yep. world building. Um, There's like it, actually a character named Lore. Nice. So you're going to love Lore even more. I love Lore. We'll get there. <laughs> you're just naming things in the room you love. Yeah. <laughs> Anyways, uh, good recommendation so far. Yep. I took some photos for a couple friends, um, and I'm going to give a couple shout outs here because on the 19th, which is the day after this episode drops, um, my friend Lorna is playing at the El Rey, and she's opening up for um, Smokey the Groove and one other band from out of town. And I don't. That's not, a KZFR show. Is it? Shout out. Oh, maybe. Um, excuse me. I don't want to degrade Smokey the Groove by saying I don't really care about their music. I don't really know what their vibe You're is. Just not I've, I've seen a show. But I'm going to that to see Lorna and her band because um, it's going to be awesome. You should see if you can volunteer. No. Okay. I just want to go. That's I fair. just want to go and watch. Um, but we took some photos um, on, I want to say it was maybe Monday or two. I'd just gotten back from my trip to Spokane um, and we shot some photos in Argus and um, at Gnarly Deli. And I went to Gnarly Deli for the first time. I'd never been to their uh, physical location. I had a crunch wrap that they make in house. which was very good. Nice. Um, but the point is, if you are looking for some great music on a Saturday night, the 19th, Lorna and her band are playing at the El Rey and some other fantastic musicians. I'm going to shamelessly plug you. That's not but two nights after you open for someone in Red Bull. I think you're thinking of December, actually. But that what? happens December 19th. Oh, you're talking about this month? I'm talking about this so month. In this, like, this is like, like a couple ne- days. Like yeah, next, like this like weekend. By the time people hear this, tomorrow. Okay. Yeah. That's this weekend. Uh, yes, this Sorry, weekend. I thought you were in December. No, you're right. Um, and I also took some photos for my friends Ben and Sam, who have gotten more shoutouts in this episode than maybe any episode ever. Um, but I'm, I, I've booked down my booked down. I have booked my New Year's Eve with them. We're doing um, sort of a, a dual headlining thing at Mulberry Station. Those two, myself, my you, friend Ethan on bass and Rob on drums. What's you up? should clarify who they are and what they play under. Smart. Uh, ben and Sam play as the Sun Followers, there you go. and they play around town. You might know them formerly as the Bidwells. Um, they're very talented I've folks. I've seen the Bidwells several times. Sure. So I know these people. Sure. Um, so we're doing like a you know like a three hour thing New Year's Eve Mulberry Station. It's a ticketed event. Uh, Thirty five bucks a ticket. It's very close pricey. to my house though. It's very close. And and for you, I might have a ticket set aside. So if you want to go, please let me know. Okay. Um, but we took some photos, and I'll show you, Johnny, and no, nobody else. But we took some photos like this out behind the house. I saw one of those on Instagram yeah. today. Very nice um, looking. So I took them 
and also was in them. So I learned how to do a timer on our friend Brian Mass's camera. Um, did a lot of camera tweaks and edited them today, and I feel pretty good about the way they came out. They so, look nice. A lot of photography jobs in my last week. Man, you're about to be like the wedding photographer and singer. I don't want to do the wedding Has part. anyone ever done that? Dude, just take it from the stage. Just, <laughs> I can't help. Yeah. Man, I don't I'm know. I'm just saying, if you could pull that off. Saving people money left and right. Yeah, man. Uh, anyway, just take all of their money. Sure. That's my last thing. What else do you have? Anything? That was it. I need a God of War update. Uh, I'm, I did not come to see you at LaSalle's. I declined uh-huh. Chris Gomez's invitation. Yeah. I got off work at 4.30 and played until 3 a.m. That's a long time. I have made mad, major progress. I have been exclusively drinking out of my ale horn. Sure. Can I, I'm, before we keep going, can I also shout out Susan Belsky, who also came to LaSalle's? Fuck yeah. Great. I think there might have been a couple other people. But as I said, I had a goal that night. And if anyone else but was there and you didn't was, get shouted out, be more memorable. Yeah. Well, sure. Sorry. Keep going. Till 3 a.m., ale out of the horn. Yeah. Making tons of progress. I mean, the game plays like a movie. It's so mm-hmm. engaging. There's even more. This is super nerdy. But, mm-hmm. but there's even more skill trees. There's more. How many? There's one. There's like six skill trees. How that about you're in the last game? Three. Yeah, that's pretty standard. Yeah, sure. That's a uh, lot. But they're they've expanded on the world. They've expanded on the explorability, the side quests. It's just infinitely, uh, infinitely entertaining and visually, it's a treat. Yeah, yeah. Shalina has watched pretty much every moment. That we that oh, I've sweet. been playing it. She loves watching it too because it is it's very entertaining just to to watch. Fair enough. So I've started a Twitch stream for one that's not on Twitch. Okay. <laughs> um, all right. Well, that's pretty much our show for the day. Uh, next week we're covering the film The Menu, um, which is a Ray Fiennes movie and Anya Taylor Joy and Nicholas Holt. And there's a so bunch. So excited for this movie. Um, sort of a sort of a I. I haven't read anything, but it seems to be a bit of a satire horror comedy. Of don't sorts. read anything. Uh, and I won't. Yeah. yeah. Um, and I, I don't know. We'll see how it goes. People should read us. That's a sentiment. Yeah. You should read us. Um, but the point is, if you want to stay current with the show, um, that review will be out in about a week. So go see it. Um, and you can keep up with us. I don't know what we're drinking, but I'm going to be in Reno next week. So we'll do either one each or or two of the same from far away. All right. I'll get on that. We'll figure it out. Um, as usual, the show wouldn't be what it is without the support of Bailey Minardi. Shout out to all of our folks on Patreon. Check out the Handlebars Happy Hour. It's very good. And my name is Max Bernardi. My name is Johnny Summers. I will see you next week. But right most up. importantly, uh, I don't know, revisit breweries and give them a chance if sure. they rebrand. Sure. Read some sweet audiobooks. Read some sweet audiobooks. Go to some live music shows. Sure. Play a video game that brings you joy. Absolutely. But most uh, importantly, be good to each other. I'll see you next week. This is Fresh Hop Cinema.